calling all members of the in crowd. If you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast or drop us a line on X at Fade Route DNZ. You can find us on Facebook, The Fade Route with DNZ. We're on Spreaker. We're on YouTube, The Fade Route with DNZ. Catch our videos. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, and spread the word. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Hey Yo Studio. Hey Yo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D on a special Saturday morning edition. Everybody loves those. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. So on today's episode, Bellinger gets a job. Court storming claims another victim. And there are plenty of running backs on the open market. But which one is the best for your team? But we'll begin today's show with the NFL Combine. Uh, Caleb Williams and company have been having a good old time all week, choose, picking and choosing what they're going to compete in and what they're going to do. We see a lot of prospects skipping the cognitive test. Z, do you think skipping the cognitive test at the combine is going to hurt anyone's draft stop? It's a weird situation, you know, because what we're looking at here is players asserting their rights before they're even under the collective bargaining agreement. And, you know, that's fine. You don't have to submit to unnecessary testing as part of a collective bargaining agreement you're not a part of yet, right? It's not a legally binding thing to you. However, I am going to say this, that choosing not to throw choosing not to run the 40, choosing not to take the the S2 cognition test, which replaced the Wonderlick. It's not a good look. It makes you seem like you have something to hide. Right? Like Caleb Williams is saying that only one team is going to draft me. 32 teams are not going to be able to to draft me. There's only one of me. Mr. Williams, ever heard of a trade? Have you ever heard of a trade? Like, a, <laughs> so have, have you ever heard of free agency? When you hit that moment, 32 teams, if you're good enough, will come bidding for your services. So that's kind of silly. That's kind of silly to paint that way. There's only one of you. Yes, there is only one of you. That is true. There's only one of me. There's only one of D. There's only one of all of us. However, that does come off as a little arrogant and a little entitled. And the NFL is a league that is quick to humble, arrogant, and entitled people. So, it it's probably not going to hurt somebody like a Caleb Williams. Maybe he'll go from, like, number one to number two, like C.J. Stroud did. So, you know, people like to say that the S2 damaged C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud went to the number two overall pick to the Houston Texans, and he did all right for himself. I would say he did all right for himself. I'd say he did better than Bryce Young. Who was taken at number one. 
so it's going to not necessarily hurt their draft status, but I can see where front offices are going to be like, we'll deal with you now, but we are going to keep an eye on this and come free agent time, free agency time or contract restructuring time. We're going to keep this in the back of our mind that you're not willing to play ball. Yeah, I mean, the overall arrogance of this guy, it's kind of starting to wear on me. Um, you know, from the rumors that him and his father were seeking an uh, ownership stake in a team that drafted him to, you know, he's he's at, been at the Combine this week. He's walking around and he's asking players questions like reporters do. He's kind of gotten this goofy kind of mindset where he, you know, he, he thinks he's going number one or number two. And there's no humble. He's not humble, you see. And I think that's the problem with him. Now, he could be a phenomenal football player. He could great. He could be a great passer. He could be the next Dan Marino, Drew Brees, or they're trying to say he's the next Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about that. But In terms of like aloofness and tinfoil hat type stuff, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, not in not in regards to talent, I don't think. Um, and even Aaron Rodgers, when he came out, it took him a while to find mm-hmm. his place in the league. You know, he sat behind Brett, and then even when he started, they went they did okay that season. But it wasn't until two or three years later that we get the Aaron Rodgers that we had like five years ago. Um, so that's the problem for me, and I've and I've always been a big fan of this. Like you know, the talent is the floor, but your character is the ceiling. And the character that I'm seeing from this young man is making me very hesitant in drafting him. You know, I want the guy that's going to do whatever's asked of him. You know what I mean? And I get it. You know, if you if you don't want to take the test and if you're trying to pigeonhole yourself into where you get drafted, right? Because you're not making yourself more available or more appealing by not taking the test, right, Z? Like, if he was to take that test and crush it, well, now, if I'm sitting at 7 or 10 or 14, I'm like, hmm, he didn't have to take this test. He took it and he crushed it, you know? Or do I look at him and say, well, you know, he's been at the Columbine all week and he he hasn't been saying anything. He's been all about business and he's been all about how good he is, how good he was and what he's gonna do for my franchise. Okay, yeah. But when I see you walking around, you know, asking other players questions, being goofy, when I hear that you made $9 million playing for USC last year, when I see you roll up in your Ferrari, I I have a tough time as an owner or a general manager being, this is the guy I want to work with for the next 10 to 12 years, right? Because that's what it is. Right. This is this is supposed to be. I don't want to say it's a partnership because that's NBA language, but I want to be like more like okay, this is the guy I want to work with, like Pat Mahomes. This is the guy I want to work with to try to win Super Bowls, get people to come play here. Like if you're not willing to take a wonder, if you're not willing to take this test, then how am I going to be able to negotiate a contract with you in four years when I need you to take a little less money because I'm trying to get this player, trying to do that. You know, how flexible are you going to be in the coaches we bring in, the players we bring in, and the things that are happening in our community? 
that's where I think he's or other players, not going to just single him out, are missing this concept. If you believe reports, Marvin Harrison completely no-showed a speaking event. Marvin Harrison Jr. completely no-showed. So this draft class is getting kind of weird in terms of... Well, they're entitled, right, Z? Because they've been making... Is this where the NIL meets the combine? This is what happens. I've been making $4 million last year playing college football. I'm not taking any tests. I'm not doing anything. I'm Marvin. My father was a Hall of Fame wide receiver in this league. I'm going to come and play for whatever team I want to play for. If you so don't take me, somebody else is going to take me. By the same rationale, what have you proven in this league? You're, you're giving me your daddy's resume. Right. What have you done? Right. What have and you I, done? I, I completely agree with you. But if you're if you're the Cardinals and you're sitting at four, you don't got much of a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have you could you could take the kid from uh Washington. You could take the kid from Washington if you want. You see the pedigree of Marvin Harris? It's tough. It's a tough call. You know, I think there's more flexibility when it comes to Caleb Williams because I think this quarterback draft cast is loaded. Also, I think if you're the Bears, you're helping me make my decision because based on what I've seen this week, I'm trading the pick. I'm trading the pick. I got a good kid. Justin Fields is a good kid. He a good guy. He a good guy. And... He wants to be here. He wants to play here. He's shown he can be dynamic. He's shown he can play. Let somebody else get this headache. Because that's what it looks like. You're going to be dealing with a headache for, for forever. Like even, even if you ask the Packers. Yeah, in the beginning, Aaron was great. But towards the end, he was a fucking headache. He was a fucking headache. And Once he decided that he was trying to assert control over the organization and try to be part of the front office when you're not part of the front office, you're not manager. You're a player. You Bingo. Not only that, but it's like, what did, what do we think happened with Rodgers, right? Is it, it, his playing ability went to his head? His arrogance went to his head? Everybody's saying he's the best quarterback in the game. He's so great. And very, eventually, you start to believe that. And I'm not trying to knock Aaron Rodgers because I do like him as a player. Um, but this is the thing that wears. And it wears. And and, and if you're going to – Aaron did this in year, what, eight or nine – this kid's gonna come in acting like this in Chicago? That's not gonna work, man. That's not gonna work. And and granted, he could be a great player, but we don't know yet. But heading into we haven't really started the 2024 season, but there are no tags out there right now for free agent running backs. None. And it's making it a deep free agency class Madison from the Vikings just got released yesterday which is wild so you've got guys like Derrick Henry Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley uh, the kid from Dallas Pollard's out there too all these top end top tier running backs are just sitting out there right now so so Z, who who do you think is the best of the bunch? Like if if you could have any free agent running back, we, we're gonna walk you into the room and say, "All right, coach. I mean, all right, GM, Mister Mister Zinzi. You know, we got all these guys out here. We're willing to make a push to get one of them. Who's the guy that you're like? Let's try to get him. He could help us win next year. 
and I believe in his ability to still play football. That's the key, isn't it? Really? Like we're like you were talking about Marvin Harrison in the previous segment about like what do the Cardinals do? Do they take him? Right? It all depends on if you believe that Kyler Murray's a man or not. If you believe that Kyler Murray's the man, maybe you engage the Vikings and you go get Justin Jefferson. So maybe that kind of alters your mindset here. For me, if I'm on a rebuilding team, I'm probably going to go for a guy like a Tony Pollard or maybe like an Alexander Madison who's going to be younger. He's going to be more, he's going to be less expensive. It's going to allow me to kind of work my magic here. But if I am the Baltimore Ravens, for example, like I feel like I'm close. That's Derrick Henry all day. (laughs) That's Derrick Henry all day. He's a beast of a running back. They play punishing football. Derrick Henry's a punisher. It's what he does. So, like, he fits my system like a glove. I mean, it really does depend, unfortunately. But in terms of best overall, there. I mean, Henry does have tread on the tire because he's been taking a pounding because Mike Brabel's offense was very much the same thing. Beat King Henry the Rock, and let's just let him drag six defenders with him. <laughs> let, let's just do jump on his back, jump on his back, jump on his back. <laughs> so I get it, but how do you not see Josh Jacobs on the free agent market, the guy who's won a rushing title, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, you have my attention? Mm-hmm. Like it's a bit, you know, Saquon is Saquon. Touched by the hand of God, the whole thing. We've seen his history in New York play out underutilized, and when he has been utilized, it hasn't. It's been okay. Yeah. So, I gotta say, in terms of production-wise and age-wise, that sweet spot for me is Josh Jacobs. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, just just to give our listeners an idea, I mean, there's a lot of talent. You've got yeah. you've got Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, mm. J.K. Dobbins, Devin Devin Singletary, <clears throat> A.J. Dillon, <clears throat> Zach Mouse. Like, I mean, Alexander Madsen. The list goes on and on and on. You know, it's tough. I think for me. Um, I like the idea of a Derrick Henry, but if I take on Derrick Henry, he's not going to be my workhorse. He's going to be my goal line back. And every time we're in the red zone, we're going to score a touchdown. <laughs> it, it's it's just facts. Jump on his back. They can do whatever we want, but I'm going to trot uh, a fresh Derrick Henry out on the field in short yardage situations and when I'm on the goal line. And good luck. <coughs> He's 30 years old. His rushing yards have been declining. He still scored 12 touchdowns last year, so that's legit. He's far from the, you know, the 2,000-yard season he had in 2020 and the 1,500-yard season he had in 2019. He's definitely on the decline, but for what I'm going to ask of him, it's short yardage. And even if it's the Ravens or any team, Steelers, right? Yeah. He's my short yardage guy. I mean, that's it. He's come, come get some, right? Now, if I'm 
even even the Ravens, I think, should take a look at, and uh, I think the Texans should take a look at. Is Saquon Barkley? Um, just because, you know, when he's healthy, I mean, he is legit. The problem, the health aspect, which he's he really is up and down every season. Um, and sometimes it's just not a good fit, right? Sometimes it just it doesn't work out for whatever reason you had you didn't play well in New York or you didn't play enough in New York, but you're gonna I, be able to succeed somewhere else, and that's okay. So for, to piggyback off of that for just one second. We've seen Saquon Barkley, right? We've seen him go through Jason Garrett. We've seen him go through Brian Dayball. We've seen him go through Mike Kafka. We've seen him go through Pat Shermer. Not one person has unlocked what this guy is able to do. Every There is no creativity. There has not been creativity in the New York Giant run game yeah. in forever. It's Saquon up the middle. It's Saquon up the middle. Up third down, draw play. <laughs> it's like they have two plays, dude. Like if he goes to a team like the Chiefs, the Texans are really interested. Him and Damian Pierce would be very interesting together. Right? Right? Yeah. So you put that to get you put an offensive mind out there who actually, you know, likes running the oh my god, him and Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. A team that it's, likes running the ball? Or now uh, you got Harbaugh over in LA. Ooh. You know? They, they could get a fresh back. I mean, I've never been an Eckler fan. To me, he's always just been too small. I've never been a, any. I, I, he's a fine player. He's had he's had tremendous seasons. He's just not the kind of back that I look for. But man, I mean, L.A. Um, yeah. Another guy that you know you had mentioned, Josh Jacobs. You know, I I mean, Josh Jacobs was on two of my fantasy championship teams. Shout out, Josh. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, he, to me, he has a lot of tread on the tires. He does. Like, he's, and he had some good seasons early. And 20, you know, 2021 was a down year for him. 2022, 2022 was supposed to be his contract year where he lit it up. 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. And then he came down, back down to earth last year. And I don't know if that, bringing him back down to earth was more or less trying to negotiate a better contract for him you know not giving him the ball as much and or just the Raiders being a shit team could have been that but he's young you know he's 25 so you know I think he still has another really good four years left right so you you, I could feel comfortable giving him a four-year deal um but to me if I could get Saquon if I could lock him in that's that's a guy that I like. Um, Tony Pollard, you know, he had a chance to really go apeshit last year, and he didn't. They actually became, like, more of a passing team last year. So I'm passing on him. Like I told you before, I don't really believe in Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, as I, I, I feel bad making this comp, and Z, let me know if you're on board with me. Deion Lewis, right? Like, that's who okay. kind of – he reminds me of, like, a, he's a bigger Deion Lewis – I'm not sorry. I'm sorry, dude, but that's who you are to me. Um, and I'm not I'm not interested in that kind of player. Like I could go get a guy like that in the draft, right? Yeah. Uh DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift to me could be like a poor man's Derrick Henry. Like, you know, he's he's a big dude, a big back, 
kind he I think he has the ability to be to play like David Montgomery, but he's he's he hasn't. Like, but he has that in him. And last year was a good year where he actually did stay healthy. He caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. Their offense was just really weird last year. Like a lot of the stuff was going to was going to hurts. J JK Dobbins is a guy you take a flyer on, you know, because he's been hurt the whole time he's been in the league. So you're the not gonna injury, the injuries are just like yes, yeah, you're not injury. you're not gonna pay that guy. Like if you want to come on a one year deal or a two year deal, and man, I'm giving you like five million, like that's about it. You, you can come play for me. You can try. You know, I worry about him. Uh, never been a Devin Singletary fan, but he gets the job done. You're looking on the lower end. He can yeah. definitely play for you. AJ Dillon again is another guy where he's a he's a poor man's DeAndre Swift. Like you know. He he he's a good back. If you like, I think Cincinnati should go and get AJ Dillon. Let they're him be the number Joe two. Mixon. Oh, they are moving on. They're, okay, they're, they're play, I think they're going to move on from Joe Mixon, so that's a possibility for sure. Well, I don't think he's a guy that could get it every down, but he's a guy that he's a good short yardage guy, and he can run in the cold. You, know, you like you need those guys that can run in the cold. Football is predominantly yeah. played in cold weather. And sometimes you just can't throw the ball like 30 or 40 times a game. And you need someone to pound the rock and punish people. Maybe he's a good fit for Pittsburgh. And the last one I'm going to mention is, is Zach Moss. You know, uh, when he played when he played for the Colts, he played actually very well. He was like in he was in the top three in rushing yards until Jonathan Taylor came back and took his job, you know, back. But uh, he is upside. I mean, he he hasn't been what what every team has wanted. But I think there's upside there. I think he could be he could be a charger or he can go help out the Cardinals and be the second guy there. So, you know, to me, my number one is Derrick Henry. He's gonna be my short yardage, short yardage goal line back. And then if I'm gonna go get a guy and I'm gonna spend some money, I'm betting on Saquon to to perform like the number two or number three overall pick in the draft like he was. You absolutely need to, to bank on that because the lack of offensive creativity has been there. The health hasn't been there. I mean, in the recent, in recent history, Saquon has been healthier, but you definitely need to worry about that. But I, I'm thinking about this from a different way, too. Like, now that we're doing some combos, why spend on one when I can spend on two? You know, if I can revamp my entire running back philosophy, my entire running back room with a combination of like AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard, now I got something. Because now I got yeah. the speed, I have the speed, and then I have the bully. Yeah, for sure. So build it in the aggregate, like you like to say. If I can't have a Walter Payton, Oh, you just know I love guy. that thing. That's mine. That's <laughs> I'm a Billy Bean guy, man. That's me. Rebuild it in the aggregate. The 50 feet of crap. We need to get out from the 50 feet of crap. So if the Giants can replace Saquon Barkley with Tony Pollard and A.J. Dillon, an unfair, it's an unfair that. game, gentlemen. You're all in here trying to replace Giambi. <laughs> Can't replace Giambi. If you, if we could, bam. Bingo. Bingo. Um, the, the A's are they're in their own situation, but it's absolutely, it applies. It yeah. absolutely applies, especially in a salary cap league. Baseball's not salary cap, football is. How do I rebuild that production and possibly get more? Like, that's, you know, and I guess that's why Jimmy Haslam all those years ago brought in Paul D. Podesta, you know, Peter Brand. They brought in Paul D. Podesta to 
questions, but he tried. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's, it's worth thinking about from that kind of perspective. But speaking of front offices, they were one of the categories that were measured in the most recent NFL Player Association team report cards. So you had treatment of families, cafeteria, dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, club owner, head coach, team travel, and strength and conditioning coaches. And when you take all of that into consideration, the best team, according to the players, was the Miami Dolphins. The worst team was the Washington Commanders. Stop me when this sounds like out of place. The Washington Commanders rated the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> and a surprise. The Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the back-to-back Super Bowl trophy winning Kansas City Chiefs. 31st in the league, in according to the players. What? <laughs> So does this big deal, little deal, no, does this mean anything at all? I think it does um, in the grand scheme of everything because for me, it means the owner is out of touch with what's going on with his club, right? I mean, if you're Clark Hunt and you've won three championships the last few years, and you have arguably the best quarterback in the game and you have people on your team and in your building giving you an F as a general manager giving your training staff I believe their training hold on let me pull this up I believe their training staff scored really low too hold on let me see what this is training training staff Kansas City Training your training staff get a D minus. Yikes. Your training room get a D plus. And if you're not working to fix that, that's where that's got to be a red flag, right? It's like the question becomes, are you walking around thinking your shit doesn't stink? Or you're walking around saying, ah, oh, man, I can't. I can't believe that. That can't be true, right? Like, you, and that's the that's the what you have to figure out. Is this the, this guy walking around saying, ah, "I don't give a shit. I'm doing the best that I can," or is he like looking at this and like, "Man, we got to be better. How can we be better?" Um, so li- little little jarring there from the the champions. Um, the Giants scored well, you know. There yeah. there got B's and A's across the board, which you like to see. The Jets are. <laughs> The Miko Hardman mess. Uh, they got C's and D minuses. Oh God! Yeah. I was surprised at Pittsburgh scores. You know, because you usually think like the bread and butter families, like the the Maras, the Rooneys. You'd think that they would ace this, and they didn't. They didn't do as they did about average. Where a team like San Francisco, I felt like really knocked it out of the park. A's, B's. They got one C plus, and that was in training room. Okay, you know I take that. You know you you want to treat you want to make sure that your players feel like the families are being treated well. You want to make sure that you as an owner have a good grade. I think, and 
I think what's important would be a training staff. But, you know, so, yeah, I was listening to Don LaGreca talk about these surveys. Shout out to Don. Um, and, he was, and he was saying that, you know, some of this could be skewed because when it comes to the treatment of families, like, they can't get everybody in the suite, right? They can't get everybody a first-class ticket. They can't get everybody on the bus. And he said sometimes you have players in that boat where the one time they ask for a favor or the one or the couple of times things didn't go the right way and they crush the team for it. So I I can see that how that could happen, especially if you're not a top level player. But the one that gets me is the grading of your owner. I mean, that one's if you don't take that personal and you don't try to fix that, then what are we doing this for? Well, Hunt also did take out or requested a loan so that he can revamp that uh, those facilities. You know, multi-millionaire, billionaire. I'm going to take Billions. Loan. Billions. What's the key to being successful? Use other people's money. <laughs> Always remember that. So Clark Hunt may be a financial genius, but you'll, the optics-wise, you look really bad. So I get that. Um, some of these things, you know, it's kind of like whatever. I mean, the largest swing from 2023 to 2024 has been the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? They they jumped up to that sixth best, I believe. And that is solely because they cleaned up the facilities. There are no more rats. There were rats in the locker room. Now there are not. <laughs> so, like, you know, players shouldn't be living in filth and squalor, right? They they see that facility more than they see their family. So it shouldn't be in, in disrepair. It never should be in disrepair. However, there is a fine line between disrepair and, oh, we only have a stool at our locker. Not a barco lounger. Not a massage chair. Wah! Like, some of this stuff is like, are you fucking kidding me? Right, right. And that's what like, I mean, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, that it speaks to, like, spoiled and entitled, like we were talking about Caleb Williams earlier. That is spoiled and entitled behavior. You know, if if you're saying that it's a, it's a lounge chair issue, bro, that's, like, first world <laughs> problems. Like, good for you. You know, good for you. We only had an Xbox in the locker room. We didn't have a switch. We, we had have... we had a foosball table, but we didn't have a ping pong table. Right. We um uh, the catering last year from Arizona. The the Arizona Cardinals made their players pay for food. Okay, <laughs> bro. This isn't Google. Like Google provides breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you like, want something specific, right? Right. Like if you if you I, I you know what that's a good example because I could provide you food. But if you want like sushi and you want like specialty items, yeah, you guys could just order what you want. Get whatever, put your money together and get whatever the fuck you want. I, I'm a, you know, whatever. If this is, if it is prescribed to you by the team nutrition, or the team nutrition staff, yes, we will pay for it. If this is just on you, then no. Like there's a, there's gotta be at some point where like, Players are making money hand over fist. Even the lowest, the, the lowest of the low on the practice squad, they're still making more than 
we still have to buy our dinner, bro. Like, we still have right. to go, and we still have to spend for ourselves. And at some point, yes, you're going to be in there all the time. During working hours, you get three, you, you get your meals. Okay, that's fine. But that, that's a problem. You know, that, that becomes an issue. Like, pay, paying for the meal versus having it catered to you, like, come on. Like, that, that's just a major, major turnoff. And some teams didn't provide dinner. I think the Bengals didn't provide dinner if you were there past a certain period of time. Maybe that, maybe that's the sign for you to go home. <laughs> so, like Tracy Allman used to say, go home. home. I don't know. Some of this is kind of like wonky, to be sure. But the Cowboys dropped. It seems kind of unfair to rate the commanders because they did change ownerships in the middle of the year. You have, you have to figure that that's going to skyrocket. Steelers, very surprising. You have the Rams. A lot a lot of C's and D's. A lot of C's and D's. You wouldn't think so. Chargers at Spanos. But the, be- like the best facilities go to the Raiders. Right? They're That's up there in terms of... So, I want to do the best of facilities necessarily translate to success on the field. I have the best of everything. We're 2-14. and 14. We, don't have everything. we have the best of everything except for players. Hello? So, at some point, like, at some point this goes from interesting to ridiculous. We gotta find that point. But... Kudos to the Jacksonville Jaguars for renovating and getting rid of those rats, though. Like, yeah, and, and like, just yeah, and just getting you know getting their shit together. Like under like I feel like over time the owner figures out what's needed, what's not needed, and how to make things better. So and that's all you could ask for is that you have an owner that takes a look at this survey and says, okay, we're gonna get better in these areas, and we're gonna we're gonna try to improve the quality of our our staff and our team. And that's what but that's the main reason behind this. That's the bottom line. It, it all boils down to the owner. Everything falls from the owner. The owner allows it to happen. Like when the A's, when the um, when the opposing clubhouse flooded with sewage. <laughs> that's, that's because that's because the owner didn't fix the plumbing, right? When at the Nassau Mausoleum, when it flooded with with sewage, that comes from ownership. Guys, you you have to. It's maintenance. Like, it's part of owning a building. Like, you own a building. Or even if you lease the building, you lease the building from the city, you still have to maintain it. You can't run it into the ground. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. And speaking of being all on somebody at the end of the day, we have two more incidents of fans behaving badly in men's college basketball. We had the Kyle Flipkowski court storming issue at Wake Forest, and then you had the bottle throwing incident 
Texas Tech. What is going to stop this? What? You know, we had there were suggestions of giving a countdown clock for teams to vacate the, the court so security can hold can hold the crowd at bay just until everybody vacates. Like, what is the solution? Because right now, doing nothing is not the problem. Doing nothing is the problem. Uh, well, listen. When it comes to, when it comes to court storming, I mean, this is all coming across because Wake Forest uh, they upset Duke at Wake Forest and they stormed the court and uh, one of the players on Duke, Phil Powski, got hurt. He hurt his knee. Got clipped. <laughs> Uh, you know, here's the deal. It's really tough to stop that many people from storming the court. That's just the truth, man. I mean, you're talking about in the first, what, 10 rows probably, you got like, I'd say 5,000 people. You can only have so many security guards. And what are they going to do? They're going to zap them. They're going to stun them. Like how... You know, what are, what are you going to do? It really, it comes on, it's on, it's on the university mm-hmm. and it's on the, you know, public safety officers and it's on the arenas to make this safe. And maybe the whole thing is. If they're going to let them storm the court, you can only storm from one side. Okay? This side is going to be open. You can all funnel through here. And maybe that's the way it's done. Um, As far as giving people time, the only thing I would say about this is, like, as a number one team or a number two team or a ranked team, you got to take the temperature of the situation. Okay? Okay. You've got to understand that, okay, there's 10 seconds left in this game. We're going to lose. They're going to storm the court. I need to have my head on a swivel. I need to be safe. I need to get off this court. It's that, that I'm putting on a player. You know, understand the gravity of the situation. Understand what's going on and protect yourself. Um, Be smart. I'm not against court storming. I kind of like it because, you know, it's, it's. I've, I've almost been a part of one and it's kind of cool you know it's it's a college thing this is a college thing you know and I don't like I said I don't think you can stop that many people from storming the court unless you're gonna put up a wall or you know like and I'm not like a I'm not like talking like a five foot wall or six foot wall I mean like a three foot wall like impede people's progress it's not so easy just to walk down to the the bottom and get onto our court. You know, and again, that falls on the arenas to do. Now, as far as the bottle throwing situation, I mean, that's dangerous. Okay. And that all happened because a Texas player decided to just like flagrant foul somebody. And it was really dangerous what he did. And people weren't happy with the results of that. The simple, the simple fix to the bottle throwing is you don't sell bottles in your arena anymore. Everyone's got to get a cup and you get fountain sodas. That's it. Don't vend it. Make people have to go and buy it at the stands. You know, for years, 
I can't even remember that. They don't vend beer at Madison Square Garden anymore. No. People were getting out of hand. You know, so that's that's how you, you fix that problem. Um, the other way is is you find the universities. You find them. NCAA's got to do something. Find them. And there they are. They're lucky this kid who got hurt for Duke didn't sue them. Imagine if he got clipped and he tore his ACL or he tore his meniscus and he's out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't... He was trying to say that he felt like that fan was coming after him. I don't think so, but I could see a situation where a person does do something like that, right? Does go and try to clip a player or knock a player down or or rush. So those are the things you have to be careful of. So like I said, in my opinion, you can't stop all those people from storming the court unless you build a wall or at least make it so that they can just come from one side, one tunnel side one side and, and take it from there i mean you can never judge anybody's intent right you can always no. you, you, you can't do that but it, it's within the realm of possibility absolutely that you see an opportunity as you know think back to the rivalry between auburn and alabama right you had a guy poisoning trees just to get back just to get back at the other school so, like, we're not dealing, we're, we're dealing with people who are in the irrational mindset, right? If you're, quorum, if you're, stor- if you're storming the court, you're super excited behavior, right? Normally, we wouldn't do these things, but you're in a state of excitement and you're going to do something you don't necessarily do. So, okay. You couple that, when you see an opportunity, maybe you take it. Right, that's kind of what's going on here because you can never judge anybody's intent. It's possible that a bad actor gets in there and seizes an opportunity. Sure, always. We also have taken into account this happened a month ago at Iowa with Caitlin Clark. Could you imagine if Caitlin Clark got hurt? Yeah. So same, yeah. same idea. Yeah, same. can we can we yeah, can we stick on Caitlin Clark for a second? She's yeah, decided sure. she's decided to go. Bro, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, she's proven all she can prove at the collegiate level. Let's go. Let's see what you can do with the pros. I'm I'm good with that, you know? At at some point, you do... At at some point, you reach where... It was like Reggie Bush at USC. It's as high as he could go. It's the best he's going to do. And if I stay any longer, the only thing I'm going to do is hurt myself. Yeah. So, now it's the time for her, like... Reggie Bush was a, a man among boys. She is a woman among a woman among girls, so to speak. And then to, now is the time to get up to equal competition. And I think she'll do well. I think she will do well. So I mean, we'll see how that goes. But could you imagine? Like she made that announcement this month that she's going to go. Yeah. Pro. Could you imagine last month if she got laid up in a court storming? It would have been disastrous. Yeah. A PR nightmare. How do you fix it? Is the question. I don't necessarily. I mean, giving the fans what they want, right? Like, I don't necessarily know if that's the way to go on this. It, it's got to be like a zero tolerance policy. It, it's it happens all too. It happens way more often than we let on, and. It's escalated. Now we're getting into altercations between players and fans, whether accidental or on purpose. So 
got to figure out a way, you know. And even the English Premier League, they have not been able to to find a way. Uh, last month, <laughs> last month there there was a pitch storming, and it took a good forty, it took a good thirty minutes to clear the pitch and get the teams off. So they sounded a siren. They had a fleet of security completely surround the pitch. People were still able to get on. Now security was detaining them, but there were holes in the net. It allowed for the teams to so maybe not a timer, but like a, a fleet of security people. Like maybe maybe you just need more security. Like in the last in the last few seconds of the game, just active and surrounding the court. At least delay. If we can delay, that's fine. Like, I mean, Mike Golick Jr. was saying free food if you turn people in. Like, I mean, some things, some suggestions were just absurd. Like, <laughs> he he is absurd, that guy. Yeah, I, I did watch his um, Oreo ranking video on Apple. Oh. Like, I so good for him. Ten out of ten. I I, I don't know. Uh, it was a slow day, so just watching him eating Oreos, but. I think the bottle throwing is worse because it's a projectile. You're you're exactly right. You're handing them a projectile. Like here, throw this. Promotions at Yankee Stadium or promotions, you know, at uh, Turner Field or what used to be Turner Field, you know, City Field, wherever. They don't do bat day anymore. They don't do ball day. <laughs> that shit's going on the field. Like, come on, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. It's it's a license to, to throw something. So, plastic cup don't travel as far. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, maybe everything's fountain soda. And you waiting online is going to piss you off. So, you're not going to go as often. Because you're missing the game. So, maybe that's something that needs to happen. Take away the monitors for the lines and fountain soda. That'll piss you off because you're there for the game. And maybe you're not, maybe you're gonna try to behave a little bit better. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season three merch is up now Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Let's see. Speaking of being pissed off, <laughs> the, the Boris Four is now down to the Boris Two. <laughs> so I'm sure these guys are not happy with the deals that they're getting. Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs. He should be happy, Z. We'll see. We'll find out. Three years, 80-something million dollars with an opt-out. And then Matt Chapman signed just yesterday. Oh, he did? With, Where'd he go? With the San Francisco Giants. That's three a good fit for him. Three years, 18 million a year. Ooh, okay. All right. So a little down, right? All right. All right. Monty and Snell are still available. Yeah. So how long are they going to be willing to wait now that camp has started, now that they're missing valuable time? Yeah. 
And how long are teams going to be willing to wait? Because the longer they're out, the longer it's going to take for them to ramp up. Yeah. So I think it's there's two different ways that I'd approach this. If I'm Snell, I'm fucking holding out. I'm sorry. I'm the, the, I'm looking for my payday. I had a sub I had a sub four ERA last year. I won the Cy Young Award. I've been crushing it for the last five years. This is my payday. I want to get paid. So I don't give a fuck. I'll sit out until whenever. Now, if I'm if I'm Monty, I think it all depends on who's who's who wants me. Who, who's interested. Am I going back to the Rangers? All right, I'll cool. I'll give them a discount because we just won the World Series. We could we could get out of there. If it's the Yankees, um, that's another place where it's like, okay, I used to play there. I've been telling everybody that I liked it there. So, you know, I'd be willing to go back there on a discount. But see, anybody else, and, you know, I'm, I'm not – I don't think I'm really going to settle. This isn't my payday, but – I'm looking to bank off the fact that I did win a World Series. I've been playing extremely well for the last three years. I'm a left-hander, and I'm available with no no history of arm trouble. So, I guess if I'm Monty, I'm a little bit I'm a I'm a little I'm a more likely to sign somewhere. But if I'm Snell, fuck no, this is my payday. I'm on board with this. I'm waiting for this. I ain't, I'm not bending. With this situation, I think both of them are going to be out until opening day. I think it's that I think they can reasonably they can reasonably be out there. Now, here's where it gets tricky because they were extended qualifying offers, so that means draft pick compensation is attached to them. That becomes null and void at the end at the Major League Baseball draft. Are you really? Do you have enough money to hold out to the Major League Baseball draft? Like that's I think Snell should. I don't know about Monty, but Snell should. That's the kicker, right? You have to hold out until July. Now, are you at that point? What are teams realistically going to offer you? Like that's that's my question. Because if you get like this full like you'll get a prorated deal for the remainder of this year, provided that you're ready, right? You're still not in game shape. Yeah, you've been growing, but you're not necessarily in game shape, right? There's a difference between being in shape and being ready to to tote the slab in a major league game. That's why they send you out on rehab assignments. So. If you sign, say, you know, the middle of July, you still have to ramp up. You're at the end of August. Like, that's pretty... I mean, that's a coup right there. That's, that's kind of a coup. If you saved your money, you absolutely could do that. But if you're looking to kind of play ball on this... I think you got to get into camp ASAP. Like, you really, you're missing a lot. You're, you're missing the opportunity to go the entire season here and possibly maintain your health because you run the risk, right? You ramp up, up 
now I got a, a terrace major. Or, oh, now I got some elbow stiffness. Oh, now I got a shoulder problem. Because I was trying to do this in a short period of time when that's the whole point of spring training. Right? What's Montgomery? Do you know what? Do you know what he's looking for, Montgomery? Monty's only 30, so I would figure he's probably looking in like a four-year, five-year deal. Pitchers don't get the 10-year deal. Like we know this. So, so like so where so where are you? Like if you're if you're Montgomery, you've got uh, a low offer from the Yankees, you've got a low offer from the Rangers, and you've got you've got the years you want but not the money you want from a team like the Twins. What are you doing? You gonna sit around? What are you gonna so, do? All right, so there we go. I have my ex, right? It's like, the Yankees are his ex. He's not going back there. They kind of cast him aside and treated him like ass. Now that, he's put, <laughs> now that he's proven himself, oh baby, I want you back. Yeah, well, phew, there you go. So the Yankees are, in, <laughs> the Yankees are, right. And I'm Scott Boris. The Yankees and Mets exist in this conversation to drive up the price. It's the Rangers or bust. Okay. He proved himself there. He won a World Series ring there. He proved his medal there. Yeah, Chris Young said they're not thinking about adding any more at the top. And they're going to get Scherzer back and all that. So it says here... Earth to Chris Young. You cannot trust Max Scherzer long term. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, it says here that he's looking for. Okay, he's looking for a deal in the hundred million dollar range. So he's looking for like four years, hundred million dollars, or four years, like ninety million dollars. And apparently, what's the only thing it's really coming through are two year deals in the twenty million dollar range. <laughs> interesting. That so is interesting. So that's. A- Wow, Snell is on the market. I think they, what's hurting them is that they they both have you have two lefty starters that are Scott Boris clients still on the market. So, so the craziest, the, the crazy, the, yeah, the crazy part of Billy Z is that that's at a discount because originally he was looking like for five years, like 172 million dollars. Like that's what he was. He's he's brought it. He's come a little bit down to earth. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you reach? I'll take what I can get most. And then, the, the according to this report, the Twins did offer him a pretty lucrative deal, but he walked on that. Mm. Which is what I figured. I figured that he figures he looks like a twin. Like, you know that that would work out well for them. I would think. Nondescript baseball player, perfect <laughs> twin, perfect twin. But it goes back to like JD Martinez too, right? Because JD oh, yeah. Martinez, he got yep. the offer from the Giants. He's like, I'm not going there. Fuck that. No, I'm not going to San Francisco. What are you Fuck what that are you shit. About? No. So like, I don't know. Major League Baseball players, you kind of need to get only one fucking here. team I'm playing for in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. In there's California, one, I mean. There's only one team that's offered you to contract JD. JD, we have one offer. Fuck that. I don't care. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't care. I'll retire. <laughs> I will I am willing to go right now. I will eat oatmeal for weeks. Oh my god. But that's that that turn this is... bus around with your precious field trip. God damn it. But this is all Scott Boris's fault. And here's I will I will tell you why. Because he's painted them in such a corner 
that they screwed themselves over. Now but, they're in this position. But see, I'm, if I'm Snell, I'm on board with it, though. I'm telling you. Like, if I'm on, if, if we went into the offseason and we talked about this, if I'm Snell, Z, this is what I want. And there's no way you're moving me off of this. You're telling me that you look at Garrett Cole's contract and you're going to be okay with taking less? Like, if you're Snell... Come on, like if you're Snellzy, you're gonna take less. Don't you want to get paid? This is your payday. This is it. This is the only time you're gonna be able to max out. You're never gonna be able to max out. This is your last chance. You're telling me you're you're gonna just accept whatever teams are throwing at you? No, I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying: Blake Snell's not better than Garrett Cole. He's not. So no, he's so not. No, he's not. Why am I gonna pay for a guy? Why am I gonna pay Blake Snell? that money we've had this conversation because with you can't get too. because you can't get Derek Cole that's why Garrett Cole that's why we can't You're, get Derek Cole this guy's not better so I'm not going to pay him like he is I'm not going to pay him like he's comfortable so it's not it's a waste of my time so that that's okay. what I'm saying yeah okay. back. why you know we were on that run right Matt Ryan was the highest then Joe Flacco was the highest then Matthew Stafford was the highest like it's a bunch of mediocre crap <laughs> but they were getting paid like they were the shit. They were mediocre at best, and they were getting paid like they were the top of the top. I'm sorry, I'm not paying big bucks for mediocrity. Like that's how teams get in trouble, and it, it's mind-boggling to me. So you take your, you build up your work, you prove it. If, if this was a case where Blake Snell was, like, on an all-time run, I would be, okay, this is kind of, like, collusion. This is, I mean, if he was, like, Sandy fucking Koufax, all right, sure, there's some collusion here. But... Blake Snell has two Cy Youngs compared to one. Okay, fine. He has fewer walks and a higher strikeout percentage. Garrett Cole bests him in every other category so I'm not going to pay him like he's that much better but that's the economics of sports now we're rewarding mediocrity as excellence and that's a major problem and it's because of a guy like Scott Boris Scott Boris got Derek Lowe 100 plus million dollars he got Kevin Millwood very good pitchers not excellent very good. Kevin Millwood and Derek Lowe, prime example. He sent them to places they didn't want to go, where they didn't fit in, <laughs> where he made the, where they made the most money. Mike Boom. Hampton in Colorado. Boom, another one. Mike Hampton in Colorado. Didn't fit there, but... And the school systems <laughs> were apparently very good. So, you know, that that's Scott Boris for you. So buyer beware when you take on Scott Boris as your agent. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto really care about what's under your hood. 
time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at Fade Route Podcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at FaderoutDNZ. Right, boys and girls, we have a full mailbox today. And if you want your email featured on this here show, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at Faderoute Podcast or drop us a line on X at FaderoutDNZ. Our first email comes from Tyler in Winnetka, Minnesota. Hey, guys. Will the Vikings really trade Justin Jefferson? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think that would be the wise play there. I don't know if there's a player of his caliber or his athleticism that's going to be coming out of the draft this year. Everybody remembers, you know, they traded Stephon Diggs. To Buffalo, and then they use that pick to draft Justin Jefferson, which is brilliant because Diggs has been headed south and Justin Jefferson's ascending. The problem with Vikings, man, is like I think they just need a they need a reboot. I mean, I don't think they have a quarterback right now, right? Because Kirk Cousins is under contract. I mean, they need they just released their running back. So, like, what's the plan? Like, you have this great receiver, but you have no one to throw him the ball. So. I don't think they trade him, but I wouldn't. So, yeah. My question is this: like, let's it, it, it speaks to your question. Like, what's the direction? Do are you in love with one of these quarterbacks? Drake May. Are you in love with Jaden Daniels? Are you in love with Caleb Williams? Are you in love with JJ McCarthy? Are you willing to make that move? And for the teams at the top of the draft, do you feel like adding Justin Jefferson will be a smart move? The Bears and Vikings will never trade. Never, ever, never, never. So, number one pick is off the table. Justin Fields is also off the table. So that leaves you with two. Second pick, the Commanders. They don't have a quarterback. You can say Sam Howell all you want, but they don't have a quarterback. So, if I don't have a quarterback, what am I going to do with Justin Jefferson? Number three, the Patriots. Same same verse as the Commanders. Matt Jones, he's a bust. Plain and simple, he's a bust. So, adding Justin Jefferson to this mix doesn't help unless you sign Kirk Cousins. Unless that's your plan. That leaves you to the Cardinals at number four. Do they believe in Kyler Murray? If they believe this is a win-now team because Kyler Murray is under center, then you make that trade. You trade number four for Justin Jefferson. They take whoever they want, whoever's left, whether it's May, Daniels, Williams, McCarthy, whoever. It's Minnesota's problem at that point. 
But if the Cardinals believe that they are a wide out away, if they believe that Murray's the guy, I can see them possibly making that trade because they've already invested in the quarterback. Now, from a Viking standpoint, it just signals dysfunction. It just completely signals dysfunction. If they're going to if they're going to contend in a winnable division, go sign a veteran quarterback and have at it. Because they're not that far off. Right? It's not that bad. They didn't have a down year last year. They won the division the year before. And then got beat by Daniel Jones and the Giants in the playoffs. Keep throwing that at it. But I just want to—I just want to keep putting that in there. Just saying. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But there is no reason that they can't return back to the top of the division. Like the Lions could slide back, right? That was a brutal end of the season. They could very well slide back to second. To the same. And the Bears are the Bears. So if the Bears you know, right the ship here, they can be in it. That isn't, you're in contention in that division. So, I don't think they should unless they feel that a total reboot is necessary and in that division, it's not. You You can steady the ship and you can be there for a while, but you gotta get the rest of your, your house in order. Identify who your running back is. Identify who your quarterback is, and then go from there. But you got this is decision time. This is absolutely decision time on Justin Jefferson. Our second email comes from Eli in Colorado Springs, Colorado. What is more impressive? or the Rangers 40 win? <laughs> uh, Clearly we have a transplant out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the 100 points. It's extremely impressive. It's not something that happens. I'm going with the 100 points. <clears throat> so, 36 goals. 64 assists. He's not even first in the league, mind you. He's not even first in the league in points. It's oh still impressive, God. man. It's, 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 it's extremely impressive, but I'm just saying. That's like, the question. Like, the question is what what's more impressive? I, I but I'm saying, like as a statement, it is it's mind-boggling to me that we're discussing this and he's only second in the league in points. Like that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. To be to have a hundred points this early in the season, to where everything is gravy, that's mm-hmm. huge. That's, that's amazing. But I, if I am going to kind of, if I'm going to try, if I'm going to try, because clearly Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> if, but if I'm going to try, okay. Rangers. Yeah. What were the expectations? What were the expectations of the New York Rangers at the beginning of the season? Lucky to make a wild card. Yeah, yeah, it's lucky, lucky to make a wild card. To be top of the top in contention for the President's Trophy, which they should not get because President's Trophies don't equal Stanley Cup, gentlemen. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you lose, 
But I'm saying that President's Cups don't eat <laughs> President's Trophies don't equal Stanley Cup. Like they're not equal. They're averaging three goals a game. They're letting in 2.7. So Igor still needs to kind of clean something up. Jonathan Quick has been a great backup for him this year. He definitely like Igor Shosturkin is on a down year. He's getting better, but he needs to he needs to keep going. Defense has been lacking this year. Pierre Laviolette is not John Tortorella. He's not, you know, he's not even David Quinn in terms of, you know, he's not Gerard Gallant in terms of defensive identity. So that needs to be dealt with. Maybe they need to get somebody else, another defenseman for depth at the trade deadline. I know the Rangers are linked to guys like Anthony Duclair and Frank Vetrano for the forwards to get a uh, top six forward, but they can probably, they could probably grab another defenseman as well. They can possibly get a package deal together. They're 25% on the power play. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. 83% on the penalty kill. Solid. Could be better. You know, we're, we're hearkening back to the days of guys like Dan Girardi who can't walk anymore because he was blocking <laughs> shots left and right. Like, dude's got like a permanent, like, hitch in his giddy up because he blocked so many shots for torts. So, you know, and Dan Girardi had to, I think he's younger than the both of us and he's out of hockey. So, you know, that's all right. Of, like, it's all right, Dan. I'm out of hockey too. <laughs> we were never in. We were never, you know, we were never in and we're out. So, <laughs> You know, in terms of expectations versus reality, like, that's the only way I can make a case for the Rangers. But 100 points this early in the season, no, absolutely not. Nathan McKinnon, that, that's a that's a big time. Big time, big move for you. On the Stanley Cup contending team, yeah, no. Good for you. The Rangers, more impressive, Nathan McKinnon. Our third email comes from Sandra in West Covina, California. Hey guys, are you guys ready to eat some crow? Are the Warriors fixed? Ooh, are they fixed? Uh, I think they're playing very well right now. Um, I don't know how this is how how sustainable this is. Um, it, it comes down to Kaminga, and it comes down to Clay. If Clay could come off the bench and just drop threes and give you twelve to nineteen points, and Kaminga could just be and keep being this aggressive forward, this amazing athlete, then. Yeah, I think they're all right. But I don't know. They've they've had a really good run lately. I don't know how sustainable that is. And I don't know if it's good enough to beat a team like the Timberwolves and beat a team like the Thunder and beat a team like the Nuggets. That's all fair. Like, there has been a turnaround and... They point where that turnaround occurred was the benching of Clay Thompson. Like, you know, that was that was the lever that 
the curve pulled and it worked. You know, Jonathan Kaminga is actually leading the team in field goal percentage right now. So it's very telling that, you know, they, they made the move and it's actually, you know, it's actually working. They brought in that uh, Podzemski from Santa Clara and like that is who replaced Clay Thompson. He's been playing well. Clay has been finding a stroke off the bench. So kudos to Steve Kerr for understanding that a move needs to be made and making that move, right? We, we, we don't want to, we have accused them of hanging on too long in the past, but let's see where they are right now, right? Let, let's speak into reality, like the reality of the situation. They are in ninth, so they are in the play-in tournament, and this year, you have some pretty hefty competition in this play-in tournament. If the season ended today, because we always like doing those, it's, you know, you're in, you're pretty close. You have about 20-something games left. The Kings would play the Lakers in the 7-10. So you'd have the Kings, you have the Kings, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Lakers. Realistically, Kings, Mavericks, yeah, that's close. Warriors, Lakers, that would be interesting. Combination of those in they got a shot they have a shot but it's not likely because we know that the Lakers are going to do what they do best LeBron the GM is going to strip down the team LeBron is going to do what he does and he's going to like make it happen he's going to make this team in his image and likeness you know come hell or high water (laughs) is he Come hell or high water with whoever's out like there, who's ever to pay for the, who's ever on the free agent market who got a buyout who's willing to pay to play for like two dollars, like you can be a Los Angeles Laker and play with LeBron James. You know, Luca and Kyrie have played better together. The Kings slid back, like we kind of figured they would. There's no guarantees with the Warriors. I can't say they're fixed. I can't say they're fixed. They're in the conversation, but I can't say with any degree of certainty that they're fixed. But like you said, if they somehow get the eighth seed, right, they're drawing the the T-Wolves in the first round. Can they clip the T-Wolves? Yes. Yes, they can. Veteran savvy versus youthful stupidity. Give (laughs) me veteran savvy any day of the week. I don't care that Rudy Gobert is on the Timberwolves. Veteran savvy will always beat youthful stupidity. Always, always, always. Now where you get tricky is that the Thunder, if they happen, if the Warriors move up the ranks a little bit and somehow they're not good enough to take the Thunder because the Thunder is more mentally mature, right? They are, they are talented. They are good. And they have it between the ears. That'll be a good series, but I got to edge the thunder in that. So are they back? Mm, are they fixed? Mm, I'm going to pump the brakes, but they're close. They're in the conversation. Your 
favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRoutDND, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winners of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and they take home the coveted the coveted ass trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week d they don't well we had it was a nail biter it was very 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 close but between our facebook between our instagram poll and our twitter poll Penny Smith and Reggie Miller narrowly, narrowly squeaked out the NBA All-Star participants. That's narrowly. trash. So Kenny what Smith are you guys doing? What are you guys listening to? How, how are we on board with that? Well, they were part of the show. So <laughs> te- technically, you were right. They were there. They were talking about the NBA All-Star game. So they were present. So, you know, it's, it's, we'll call it half a win. Let's call it half a win. <laughs> half a win. We'll call it half a win. All right, but that is that. That is last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for a All right, first up, I've got the officiating crew from the Pistons-Knicks game. In the closing seconds, Dante DiVincenzo dove into Agar Thompson, causing the ball to get loose resulting in a layup for Josh Hart, giving the Knicks the victory. Terrible, terrible, terrible no call to the point of Monty Williams. That's all he could do is talk about in his presser. The league has still not responded to their, you know, protest of the result of that game. So NBA officials from the Pistons Lake from the Pistons Knicks game, you are my alleged superstars of the week. Next up, the officiating crew for the Pelicans Knicks game. <laughs> Josh Hart the pattern. gets absolutely clobbered in the face by Zion Wills- Williamson, causing him to miss the layup and giving him a bloody nose. Again, no call. Josh Hart is bleeding from his nose and his mouth. And the officials say, nah, there's nothing there, man. <laughs> Play advantage. Advantage. There's there's nothing there, man. Play on, man. Play on. Play on. <laughs> NBA officials in the Pelicans Knicks game. What you are my alleged superstars of the week. And the next up, you're going to like this one. This one is Major League Baseball and huh? Nike. <laughs> so... There has been an issue with the uniforms this season in Major League Baseball. They look like knockoffs. 
the lettering is small. The logos are small. The pants are see-through. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the white pants without water. You can see the tucked-in shirt and see other things. Now, fanatics <laughs> who got the license to make the uniforms for Major League Baseball back in 2005 says, ho, ho, hold up, guys. Do not hold us accountable for what's going on. We simply take direction from Nike and Major League Baseball. They asked for this material. They asked for these designs. We came through and what they asked for, do not clobber us, go to them. And Nike and Major League Baseball have yet to officially comment, but the word on the street is is that this is what the players ask for. They ask for more breathable attire. They ask for more flexible fabric. And this is what they delivered. So what I have to say to that is Major League Baseball and Nike, you are my alleged superstars of the week. (laughs) Z, what do you got? My God. Like, come on, we can see what religion these guys are. Well, to, like, to oh, to Fanatic's credit, they said moving forward, they will X for more of a collaboration in what is needed for the uniforms instead of just going off of a survey of a handful of players. Yeah, I mean, you keep, like, there are pictures floating around where you can <laughs> see dudes jump. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, come on now. Like, it, it's sheer. It's very sheer. And we'll be polite and say it's sheer. But come on now. Like, but to get off of that, to talk about the uneven stitching, the pinstripes are not, like, they're not aligned. It's bad. Like, how, how do you I've gotten align? better jerseys from China. Directly. The, the, the spacing, the size of the numbers and, and letters for the... It looks like... It looks like a replica. The replicas look yes. better than the game-worn jersey. Yes, yes. Are I'm actually going to start selling my replicas that I have because they look better than what they're running out on the field with. It's absolutely insane. And it's, you know, it's all it's all money grab, right? Because the replicas, I think, are only like 40 bucks less, something like that. Because it, it, it's absurd. For the quality you're getting... You're not getting bang for your buck. Absolutely not. So speaking of bang for your buck, my first alleged superstar of the week is Scott Boris. What are you doing with your clients? <laughs> you are doing them an absolute disservice is what you're doing because now they're going in with their tail between their legs on deals lower than they probably should have gotten because you were holding out the well, joke's on you, Scott. Joke's on you. Scott Boris, you are my alleged superstar of the week. NCAA fans, shucking bottles onto the Texas Tech court during Texas Tech, Texas versus Texas Tech. And then Wake Forest storming the court, injuring Kyle Flipkowski. Need we say more? couple that with the Caitlin Clark incident from last month. Just do better. Just do better. Fans. Oh, and there's another fan incident. So fan in- 
the Philadelphia Phillies to change a promotion this year. Did you hear about this? I did. It's no longer Dollar Hot Dog Night. Damn. Citizens Bank Park. It's now going to be two for one. And here's why. Guys were loaded up on the concourse, loading up. After they were done eating, they got pissed off at each other, and they started throwing hot dogs at each other in the stands. Stay classy, Philly. Stay classy. Fans, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Caleb Williams. Dude, what are you doing? Whoever is advising you, it's not the best advice in the world. Short term? Yeah. Okay, fine. This is, this is fine short term because you have proven nothing in the NFL. But once you get there, right, refusing to do medical, refusing to participate in combine drills, refusing to participate in the cognitive test, that's going to paint you in a negative light, especially come contract renegotiation time. You don't want to be seen as difficult. Because if you're seen as mercurial and difficult, you get painted as mercurial and difficult and you're treated as such, right? You become Aaron Rodgers and not the, not the talent part of Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> the other part of Aaron Rodgers, the one that we vilify. So think about this, Caleb. Caleb Williams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at FadeRouteDNZ and our Instagram poll at FadeRoutePodcast. And vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.